Well, hey, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Amen. Good to see each and every one of you in the Lord's house this morning. It's all good. We're going to sing a little bit this morning. Y'all ready? One, two, three, four. Let's all stand with your hands together. Give it up for our guests in the house this morning. 
Thank you all for coming and being our guests this morning. We just appreciate the fact that you're here. Um, you got your uh, Sunday paper? Everybody got their Sunday paper? I'll tell you, Danny, you do a fantastic job on that Sunday paper there. It looks pretty cool. And uh, he kind of changed it up a little bit, so it actually has Sunday paper on it. And that's cool. And uh, But anyway, listen, we want to... Um, we want to share something with you this morning. We're going to show a video on the Separatist Purse. And I uh, just want you to know we're going to be doing that. And Sister Denise got a few things she wants to say to you about that. You got it, Brother Danny? Okay. Three, two, count of three when children open the shoe boxes, they're so excited. Those faces just transform. Yeah, these kids behind me are so excited because they've just received their boxes. The mouth is wide open, the voice is raised, smiles are all over. That box brings joy. We're right now in Phnom Penh in Cambodia. I mean, this has been incredible. Kids are so excited, giving them a gift, do it in Jesus' name, and that's what this is all about. Jesus loves you. It's a gospel opportunity. It's the chance for the children to change the entire life. That's what I love about Operation Christmas Child. It knows no borders, it knows no boundaries. It's all about sharing the name of Jesus Christ. Churches are doing big things with Operation Christmas Child. Everybody out there who packs shoe boxes, they are spreading God's love. It's families, it's churches, it's hundreds of thousands of volunteers that help make Operation Christmas Child so successful. We couldn't do it without them. With this box, they do get the gospel story. They do hear about Jesus. It has maximum impact in the worldwide kingdom of Christ. I mean, what better thing could you do than be involved in fill shoe boxes? Some of them go by train, some go by camels, some go by ships. These boxes go all over the world, and that is only the beginning. After receiving the shoe boxes, the children will be invited to go to the greatest journey, which is a 12-lesson discipleship program where they learn about the greatest gift, which is Jesus Christ. After a child completes the greatest journey, they graduate and receive a Bible in their own language. When the light of the gospel is turned on, that changes everything. Churches are being planted, lives are being changed, communities are being transformed. The word of God is spreading, the gospel is advancing. It is impacting children, it is impacting families, it is impacting the world greatly. Thank you for praying. Thank you for giving. I would like to ask you to consider packing shoeboxes year-round. God will bless 
and God will use your gift to touch the life of a child and to be able to do it in Jesus' name. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of it. God bless each and every one of you. Well, good morning. <laughs> so I just wanted to let everybody know, um, I talked with the ladies. We kind of sponsored it. a couple, Not last year we didn't do it, but the year before. But I think this year we've decided to keep everybody safe and from getting large crowds gathered in a room packing the boxes. If everybody would pack a box as a family. So um, we're not going to provide the boxes. You can pick up a plastic box at um, the dollar, dollar store for a dollar. And um, those plastic boxes help. Um, they use them for other things so it uh, allows them to use it past the gifts that the children get in them and so um, these little brochures I did not get them yet but they will be in the foyer next week Um, they should be here this week but this will give you all the information of what you can put in the box and um, it also provides you with a little envelope so that you can send in a nine dollar donation that helps ship the boxes so you can um, do that with this little envelope if you're online savvy and you want to do that you can go to their organization online and also do that online I just want to say as you saw the video um, these boxes do truly reach the children our church in North Carolina had the opportunity to be in Guatemala when they delivered them there to an orphanage they were visiting and saw the faces of the children when they received these boxes and even Phil and I years ago when we did this with our son we sent a picture and a little letter to the it put it in the box and weeks weeks later, um, weeks later, um, well, it was some time later, but I received a letter in the mail, and this letter was from Bosnia, and it was written by a young mom who had um, received two boxes for her children. And I couldn't read it, but Phil happened to be working at a place where they had interpreters, and they um, translated it for us. And she was just so appreciative of it. She had lost two older children during the war in her country, and these were two younger children that she had. And she was just really appreciative. So they really do make a difference in these children's lives. So if you would do that, what we want to do is Collection Week is November 16th through the 23rd, I believe. So... Um, we want everybody to work on this until the 15th of November. That Sunday, we're going to bring our boxes up, and we're going to just pray over them as a church as they leave and go to the children all over the world. So if y'all would do that, I think it'll be a good outreach for our church and mission overseas for children that are in need. So thank you. Amen. Thank you, honey. I'm telling you, too, and listen, if you don't, don't just do one. If you feel led to do two or three, go ahead and That's do it. That's right. Do how many you want to do and just bring them, and we're going to kind of pray over them before they, uh, we give them to First Baptist and Christmas and Inverness. Inverness is collecting them. So anyway, just uh, think about that as we're approaching the Christmas season, right? And so I uh, just kind of think about that. That was very good. Also, listen, uh, on Sunday, November 8th, if you look in the uh, Sunday paper uh, at 6 p.m. right here, uh, we're going to have uh, Sister uh, Barbara Gosa from the Citrus Pregnancy Center is going to be here. And uh, she's going to kind of give, uh, usually every year they do a gala where they raise money uh, for the Citrus Pregnancy Center. And uh, 
So, uh, but this, because of COVID, they're not able to do that gala. And so what they're doing around, they're reaching out uh, to some of our churches. I know that we were kind of, we're really big supporters of the Citrus County Prayer Center throughout the year. And I know we're also supporters of the gala. We used to, I think last year, we had like five tables or something like that full of our people. I was like, yes, I said, it's awesome. So uh, it makes the pastor feel good, you know. So anyway, uh, no, I'm prideful or anything, but anyway. But it was a good time. It was really good, and they raised uh, some money. Also, the live nativity is coming up. Uh, I'm going to be talking today about the manifestations of our of the gifts uh, that we have. We're going to be kind of diving into that this morning. And, uh, and I just want to encourage you. We are the body of Christ, Hills Church. It's who we are. And we come together. And when we come together here, listen, listen, God has a gift. You are gifted in some way or some form or some fashion. And you need to discover what that giftedness is. And some of you have probably taken our gifts test that we had. And some of you kind of dominated in one of those motivational gifts. And uh, uh, when you took the test or maybe you had your wife do it for you. Because uh, that way it's honest, right? It's uh, <laughs> no. But anyway, I just want to encourage you. That's a great tool to kind of get you started to try to figure out what your motivational gift is. And like I said last week, if you don't know what it is, operate in all seven of them. Try all seven of them. Be an exhorter. Be a server. Right? Be a giver. And just figure out just what it is. What is that thing that God has specially done in and through your life that you would jump out there and you would serve the kingdom of God? drawing people in his presence and being saved. So it would be just really an awesome and awesome thing. So I want to encourage you to that. And, uh, and I'm trying to think of what else we got going on there, sister. Am I forgetting anything? We got uh, Tony Evans, the Kingdom Man and Kingdom Woman, coming up on October, uh, November 4th. This is when we're going to start it. On, uh, and this, I'm going to do something different. We're going to, I'm going to kind of with the men, we're going to do it at 10 along with the women. On Wednesday morning, she usually has a group at 10 o'clock. And then we'll do it again at 6.30. So when you come, if you come in the morning at 10, you can be in Gary's class at 6.30 on that night here in the sanctuary. And I'm still going to do the Kingdom Men back in, the, uh, back in one of the classrooms over there next door. So I just want to encourage you in that as well. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, thank you for this time together this morning. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do in and through our life. And Lord, you know, none of us are perfect. Only you are perfect, Jesus. And that's why you came. You're the perfect one who came to seek and to save each and every one of us that are here today. And Lord, I pray, God, that as we dive into, uh, Lord, that we think about and talk about the Holy Spirit this morning, we talk about the gifts that you impart, Lord, from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you impart gifts to each and every one of us as believers, God, that you would open our minds, eye, and open our hearts, Lord, to hear the words that are going to be proclaimed this morning, God, that we would have a fuller understanding, God, of just, just how you operate in and through the life of your church, this body. And Father, we just give you praise for it all. We thank you for our time together. We thank you for the different events, activities, the things we have coming up, the outreaches that we're going to be doing to reach out to our community and and beyond, Father Lord, and we just give you praise. We thank you for watching over us through this pandemic and the virus thing. We thank you for, Lord, that we can be opened up and we have the freedom to worship God, unlike some states in our country. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you just do your perfect work in and through everything that's going on, God. We know you're large and in charge and nothing ever occurs to you. Nothing ever occurs to you. You already know who's going to be present. You already know what's going to happen. Lord, you're sovereign and you're protecting each and every one of us through it all, no matter what. And Father, I just give you praise and great glory. Lord, touch somebody's heart today. They would come to know Jesus as Savior. And I just pray, God, you just do everything in your power 
to touch us all today, Father. We give you praise for it all in Jesus' name. And all God's children said what? Amen. Amen. Now listen, if you're a guest this morning, we want to thank you for being here. And there's a little card in the pew right in front of you. If you would pick that thing out, and it's got my mug and my beautiful wife's picture on there, just go ahead and fill that out, and you can drop it in the... My wife is trying to fix me up here. I don't know. What is it? My t-shirt. Oh, well, I don't know. I'm like, what's wrong with my shirt? And I'm up here trying to straighten out my shirt, and she's telling me, no, t-shirts, t-shirts. If you order the t-shirt, they're in, okay? <laughs> I love it. Don't you love it, right? See, see, only Jesus is perfect, right? That's the truth, right? He's only perfect, right? And next door, we've got all the t-shirts, so if you order a t-shirt after the service, she will assist you in making sure you get the right t-shirt for your size. So that will be awesome. And they're, they're awesome, by the way. And she's cracking up down there. Alright, okay. Alright, good. Thank you, honey. You get extra dessert afterwards. It's all good. Well, let's all stand and let's sing to the Lord this morning, alright?
<laughs> I tell you, God is good. It's important to be washed. It's important to be washed in the blood of the Lamb, isn't it? Sure enough is. Sure is.
continue to touch all of our hearts here this morning. Lord, we thank you for the shelter. We can be sheltered underneath your wings, Father. Lord, and we just give you praise for that this morning. I pray, Lord, now as we go into your word this morning that you would speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. Continue to speak to my heart. Lord, as I share your precious word with these folks this morning, God, we pray, Lord, that you just touch all of our hearts. We're thankful for those, Lord, I think about and I look out and see Sister Lois see uh, uh, Brother Carl, who I know hurts with his back, and uh, I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you just continue to do your perfect work in their lives. Lord, just touch all those, and there's many, many more. Lord, we thank you for those that are at home, that are watching online, and pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just do your perfect work in and through their lives so they could rejoin us here at Hills Church. Father, we just give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory for it all. In Jesus' precious name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. It's good to see each and every one of you. You know, we sit here and we think about, uh, I think about um, our, our purpose while we're here. I mean, we're here, listen, to love God with what? All of our heart, mind, soul, and what? Strength, everything, right? But we're also here to what? Love our neighbor as who? as ourselves. We're to love our neighbors as, our, as we love God. As we love God, we love our neighbors as we love God. And that's kind of like our vision statement for the church here because we do that until we reach what? The unity within the body of Christ. The unity of the faith. We do that. And then we have a mission statement, right? It's to believe, belong, become, right? It's believe what? Believe God, right? We're here this morning because we believe who? We believe in God. And so we've gathered together as the ecclesia, the church, the, the, uh, the called out ones, the assembly of the called out ones, we're here as the church to believe. We believe in God. That's why we're here. We belong what? Together, right? And we do that. We belong together. And how do we do that? We do that like we're doing now. We do it in our small groups when we get the chance to meet our small groups back again. Uh, but that's what we want to do. And that's our whole thing. And then we become what? We become his servants. That's exactly right. We're servants of the Lord. Uh, we do ministry out to minister to the needs of others, and we also not only do ministry, but we also evangelize as we're doing our ministry to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so we've been talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? We started out talking about the Holy Spirit himself. He's a person. He's not an it. He lives inside of each and every one of us. And sometimes we're afraid of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit might do, or we're afraid to kind of dive into that and might think it's something weird. But the Holy Spirit is active in all your life. Without the Holy Spirit, you could not have been saved. And man, he's working on all of us here. And I pray that he's working on you this morning. It's important that we do that. So 
we're going to be camping out today on the application of the spiritual uh, on the application of the spiritual gifts today. We're going to talk about that. Now, if you remember, we talked uh, uh, last week about three categories. There's three categories of spiritual gifts. So, if you have your notes, you might want to get your pen, pencil, lipstick, or mascara, and just write them down on there. And the first one is diversities of gifts. Diversities of gifts. Write that in. Gifts, that's the gifts themselves, the diversities. There's so many different gifts that God gives to each one of us that are his believers that we're to operate in. The word gifts comes from charisma, or it's a gift. It's a, where we get the term charismatic from. So it is a real word, and, uh, and so there you go. It's number two is the diversity of administrations. It's, it's how we serve these gifts. It's how they're served through each and every one of us in the body of Christ. The diversities of administrations, as in 1 Corinthians 12.5, and then that's where we get the word deacons from, and uh, that's where we're, we're servants of the Lord, and then the third thing was the diversities of operations, right? How they actually, the gifts operate in and through us, the effect of it, how it comes out, the enigma of it, how it goes out, and it, it just, and, and we serve others, and the effects that it has upon those whom we serve, and so, and we have really communicated uh, extensively on the last couple weeks on the motivational gifts, Right? Everybody took the test, got an opportunity to take the test, right? You kind of probably determined that, hey, you have a dominant motivational gift. You know, it might be teaching or it might be serving. Or it might be a preaching teaching. It might be just, what it might be giving. It might be exhortation, you know. And there's seven of them dominant gifts. That, and we have one that is dominant in each and every one of us. But it doesn't alleviate the fact that we all need to operate in all seven, Right? We need to share the word of God, right? We need to be serving other people. We need to be giving. We need to be givers. We need to be doing all these different things. But there is one dominant gift, and I want to challenge you. You discover what that dominant gift is, then apply it. Use it. Put it to work in and through your life for the glory of God to build his kingdom. That's what we're here for. That's what the church is about, and we need to do that. So we talked about the motivation gifts, prophecy and evangelism, to proclaim the truth. Right? Expose the sin. That's what prophecy and evangelism does. It proclaims the truth of the written word of God and exposes sin in the people's lives. Also serving to meet the needs of others. We need to meet those needs of others. Right? That clarify and then preaching and teaching clarifies the truth and it's valuable information. It clarifies the truth of God's word into the life. That's what we do when we teach and we preach. It's what I'm doing up here right now. Exhortation is to stimulate your faith. It's to encourage you in your walk of the Lord Jesus Christ. To promote growth within the kingdom of God. That's what we're here for to do. Also, giving is to entrust God with the assets that we give. To maximize the results and the effectiveness of what God would have us to do through giving. Leading or administration is for planning ahead. We need to plan ahead, you know. The live nativity is coming up. And I didn't even really talk about that too much. But the live nativity is coming up. We need some more folks to sign up for that. Uh, here's an opportunity that the whole body of Christ, Hills Church, can come together for the glory of God to minister to the community that will be driving through seeing the live nativity. And so whatever your giftedness, I would search for a place to serve in that giftedness that you each have and sign up and be part of it. Let's do this together as an entire body of Christ. And see, and listen, I'm telling you, it'll be a, such a blessing for you. When little kids and folks come through with their cars and you get to share with them and be part of the story 
of, of, of salvation and, and resurrection and the new birth of Jesus Christ, our Messiah, our Savior, and the resurrection. We get to share that message with them as they come through. And I want you to be part of that. We can all do something. We can sit down and we can look good, right? We can sit down and look pretty. We can do what we can pass out while. We can do something. There's something that all of us can do. We can pray for every car that comes through that the Holy Spirit would touch their lives and see transformation in their life. So there's a place for everyone. No excuses. There's a place for everyone to do that. So, and then also mercy. We looked at mercy to remove distress, to share burdens with each other. That's what mercy does. And so if you turn to Romans 12, this is where those motivational gifts come from. It gives the spirit. Listen to what it says in verse 3. It says, for through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. See, God's given us a measure of faith to every person in this place to have sound judgment in it and so that we can operate in the gifts he gives us. For just as we have many members in one body and all the members do not have the same function, they're the same gift, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to each and every one of us. Each of us is to exercise them accordingly, right? If prophecy according to that proportion of his faith. And I think, that's in, I think that's important, the proportion of his faith, according to the proportion of his faith. And sometimes we need to have a faith check. We need to check our faith. How much faith do we really have? Do you have little faith or do you have great faith? I pray that all of us have great faith and we're able to operate in that great faith. The passage not only emphasizes grace, but it also explains the function of faith in recognizing and using our spiritual gifts. See, if you have little faith, that's like struggling faith. That's not much. You're struggling. It's, it's weak faith. And God doesn't want you to have struggling faith. He doesn't want you to have weak faith. He wants you to have great faith. He wants you to have reaching faith. That's the kind of faith God wants you to have. Reaching faith to reach out. To reach out to others. To reach out. Maturing faith. It needs to be maturing the term motivation is simply that definition for the work of God's grace in your life. That desire and power he puts within us to accomplish what? His perfect will. Think about that. You can have as believers one of those seven. In fact, you do. If you're a believer, you've got one that's a dominant thing in there. One of those seven motivational gifts is a dominant gift in you. And you operate in all seven of them as well. But you should operate in each of them. So we must do that. So if you will turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I want us to dive in. We're going to talk about some manifestation gifts today. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. Remember Paul said, and your Bible might say ignorant. We don't want you to be ignorant of the gifts of God. He, wants, he don't want you to be unaware of them. There's too many people in churches that are living their life, they're unaware that they have a spiritual gift. They're not even exercising, they're not even using them a lot of times. And because sometimes we don't really, a lot of times churches don't talk about these gifts a whole lot at times and in the, in the purpose and the, the movement of the Holy Spirit. And so when we look in here, he said, he don't want you to be unaware. He said, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols. However you were led. 
And verse 3 says, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries, and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God, who works all things in all persons. So when you think about it, Paul states in verses 1 and 2, don't want any of us to be ignorant or unaware of what these gifts are about. And then he says, remember, you know, I was thinking about, remember the first 11 chapters, 1 Corinthians? When you think about the Corinthians, they were, Paul was rebuking the Corinthians because they were bringing so much garbage into the church of their practices of what they were doing before they had gotten saved. And a lot of these things would come to the church, so Paul spent a good portion of 1 Corinthians just rebuking the people, the Corinthians, and also teaching and admonishing them, too. And, but he just really rebuked them for all the things that were taking place. And so we need to think about that. They were quarreling. There was all kinds of quarreling going on. Who was greater? Who was like Paul? Who was like Jesus? All kinds of stuff going on. And, and, so, and so bringing that garbage, bringing the paganism and those things in. In verse 3, the allegiance to Jesus as exclusive Lord is what we see in verse 3. When he says, therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by what? The Holy Spirit. He's an exclusive Lord is made possible only through the working of the Holy Spirit in you and me in the world. Pagan Gentiles were led off to the idols and ceremonial procession could profess Jesus as one of many deities. And some might be able to say, well, Jesus was a good man. Jesus was just this. Jesus was, no, Jesus is Lord. He is the King of kings, the Lord of glory. Jesus is everything. He sits at the right hand of the Father. He intercedes on our behalf. Even today, he does that. But so many people can take him and put him in this compartment that, oh, yeah, he's just like all these other ones. And he's not. He's exclusive. He stands alone. And there's nobody beside him. And it's really awesome. So, but never could these people abandon their false gods when we look at these pagans and devote themselves to Jesus unless what? The Spirit of God had to make that possible. Remember, apart from the, apart from the Holy Spirit, you can't even live the Christian life. You and I can't even live the Christian life apart from the Holy Spirit's working and function inside of our life. Verse 4, it says, Now there are varieties of gifts. But listen, the same Spirit, capital S. There are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. So the same triune God brings about a variety of gifts and manifests diverse ministries within the corporate body of Christ. That's what he does. He manifests these gifts within us as we do as we do the live nativity, as we do the Samaritan's Purse, as we do the things that we do, the teaching and the preaching and all the things, he manifests these gifts through the lives of each and every one of us if we're willing to be, uh, uh, allow them to be manifested in and through our lives. The different gifts and ministries and activities within this unified church reflect the essential unity that must take place. It's a unified work. It's no one working alone, but it's all of us working together. And listen, the example of that is in the triune Godhead. All three persons of the Trinity are working what? Separately or together? They're working together, right? So that should be a good indicator for us that the body of Christ must come together. We must gather together and we must work together corporately 
the way God designed for us to do that. So I want to encourage you in that this morning. It's so important. The same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God, they, they work in all of us as we live the Christian life. And it's important for us to understand when submitted to the Lord's authority, but we have to be submitted to His authority for that to happen. Look at verse 7. But to each one is given the manifestation. I want you to underscore manifestation. Underscore that. Manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For what good? For all good. For the whole common good. And we talked about this before. The manifestations of spiritual gifts are for the common good of the whole body of Christ. And it's for us to understand that. And so as we go on through, it says, For to one is given the word of wisdom. Right? Here's the manifestation. Wisdom is given through the Spirit. And to another, the word of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. And to another, faith, by that same Spirit. And to another, gifts of healing, by the one Spirit. And to another, effecting of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And to another, the distinguishing of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, interpretation of tongues. But one in the same Spirit, capital S, works all these things, distributing to each one individually, just as He wills it to be done. And so when we look at this, each demonstration of the Spirit in a believer is given by God for the what? For the mutual benefit of the whole body of believers. Man, all these things are given for us. Think about this. The demonstration of the Spirit, the manifestation refers to gifts and ministries and activities made possible by the Spirit's enabling power in all of us. And so what I want to do is go through these manifestation gifts and the results of them so we can kind of see what they talk about. We're going to start off, number one is wisdom. Write wisdom in your blank there. Wisdom. Wisdom is seeing life from God's perspective. Amen? It's seeing life from God's perspective, from His Holy Word. Man, that's why there's wisdom books in here, right? So we can see and get, gain God's wisdom through the Word of God, and we can see the things in the world through the wisdom and through the eyeglasses of a holy God. He wants to show us everything. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, here's, what's the first thing about wisdom? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Do you fear the Lord this morning? Do you have an awesome reverence for him? Do you truly fear the Lord this morning? As a Christian exercising his or her gift, one of the results is that he or she develops a fear of the Lord, a reverence for the Lord. That would cause you to do your quiet time. It would cause you to know that, hey, listen, God rescued you as if you were in a car trapped on fire. God rescued you from that fire. He rescued you from it. If you're a believer this morning, he's rescuing you from eternity separated with the Holy God. He's rescued you. And sometimes we get complacent in that. We get too comfortable in our skin in that. God rescued each and every one of us. And why did he rescue us? Number one, because he loved us. And number two, that we would bring him glory. And I think number three, so that we tell others about his saving power. And he wants to save. He wants to save. Seeking to save those that are lost. This is the beginning of wisdom, to have fear. It's broad, full, listen, intelligence, listen, divine. It's divine in you and in me. Wisdom. We need God's wisdom. Amen? Number two is word of knowledge. Write that down. Word of knowledge. Now, word of knowledge is when we comprehend Christ in his word. When we're comprehending Christ in his word. So knowledge comes as the Holy Spirit opens up one's understanding. Think about that. 
it comes as, as the knowledge comes as the Holy Spirit opens up our understanding to the things of God. How many of you want to understand the Word of God? Amen. I do too. But man, you've got to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal His Word to you. Do you do a Bible study in the morning? Do you get up and do your quiet time and you don't even whisper a prayer to Him at all? Do you just dive in and turn the page? Man, you've got to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal His truth to you. Then go into His truth and let Him speak to your heart. Now, sometimes you'll, you'll read it and some things just won't jump out. But some things will jump right off the page at you and you'll go, wow, wow, that's awesome. I never saw that before. And I read it a thousand times, right? I've had that. I know you have too. So knowledge comes as the Holy Spirit opens one's understanding because the things of God are spiritually discerned and appraised. In fact, in 1 Corinthians, people don't know, listen, but a natural man, think about that. Who's the natural man? It's the man that is lost, the unbeliever. The natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Why? For they are foolishness to him. They are foolishness to him. The cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, the Bible teaches us. The cross is so foolish to people. Like, why would somebody do that, you know? You, know what? you, give, you give a tithe to the church, and you don't give no money to, for your son to go to college. You know, I've had attacks like that on my own self. I said, it's better to obey God than to obey man, right? And so i got to obey the Lord. And it's the same for all of us. We need to obey the Lord. The natural man is foolish to him, and he cannot understand them. Because they are spiritually appraised. He's spiritually lost. He's, he spiritually does not understand because he's not alive in Jesus. When you get saved, you become alive in Christ. All things become new. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. He's washed away your sin. He's given you everlasting new life inside of who you are in your heart. And when you allow God to do that in you, he changes you. He shapes you. He turns you into a God-man or a God-woman that serves him with the, with the love and the compassion of Jesus Christ into other people's lives. And so I just want to encourage you guys this morning. Allow God to be alive inside your heart to lead you and guide you into every bit of truth that's going on. I pray that you would do that this morning. So important to be saved and know it. You know you're saved this morning? Do you know it without a shadow of a doubt? That's why it's important for us to know that we're saved. Without Christ's salvation, we are spiritually dead. Can never understand the things of God. Visualizing what God wants to accomplish. And can never do that. Number three, faith. Right in there, faith. Faith is a result of hearing the word of God. As it is proclaimed and as it is taught. Romans 10, 17 says this. So faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by what? The word of Christ. If faith comes by hearing, then why don't we share more? That question came into my spirit. I was going through that this morning. If faith comes by hearing and we have faith, then why are we not sharing more than we are? Than we, are? we need to be sharing Always sharing. Always looking for opportunity to share the goodness of God, the gospel of God. God saved you. He snatched you from the flames of eternal separation and hellfire. He saved you from that. Man, let's save somebody else. Let's see somebody else come to knowledge of the truth of Jesus Christ. Amen? Number four, gifts of healing. Gifts of healing. Now this is removing diseases from the spirit, little s, 
soul or body within the person. The diseases of the spirit are what? This is what they are. Bitterness, greed, and guilt. Bitterness, greed, and guilt. The diseases of our soul are discouragement. Think about that. Worry, jealousy, and other destructive attitudes. I think about our attitudes, you know. We need to have attitudes of what? Of gratitude. That's what we need. We need to have attitudes of gratitude. We have a lot to be grateful for. Amen? We do. We do. You know, I always thought about this. You know, I, I flew on airplanes in the Air Force. It's no secret, right? But listen, that airplane could only fly so high depending on what happened in the hangar. When the maintenance guy was working on that airplane, he was working on it. And depending on how well he worked on it, determined how high we would fly that airplane. If he didn't work on it well, or he did something wrong, or he messed up, guess what would happen to us on the airplane? We wouldn't make it. And there are some times when stuff like that has happened before. Our attitudes are the same way. Your attitude in Christ will determine the altitude of how high you go in Christ. Amen. And I want you to think about that hard. We've got to have a godly attitude. We've got to have the right attitude in the Spirit of God. We've got to have the right attitude. We want gifts in. We want to see diseases removed, spirits thrown by. We have to have the right attitude within. And it comes only from the Holy Spirit through Christ. Psalms 103, 1 through 3 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities. And listen to what he says, and who heals all your diseases. Amen? He's going to heal your disease even when you don't think your disease is healed. Even when the world says, oh, they died because of a disease. If they knew Christ, they're healed. And it's something for us to think about. Heaven's not such a bad place. Amen? Amen. It's a great place. That's our goal, to get to be with Jesus and to be in heaven's splendor with him. And to be with all of our loved ones who are waiting for us to get there, right? What, a, what an awesome homecoming that's going to be. Number five, working of miracles. Write this down, working of miracles. Now these are natural or supernatural events with precise timing to bring glory to God. See, God is never early. He is never, ever early. He is never what? He is never late. But what is it? On time God. That's on time God. Yes, it is. He's an on time baby. Remember that song? Some of you probably know. Do any of you New Englanders know that song? He's an on time God. Yes, he is. He's an on time. Anyway, it had to bend there, right? It had to bend. It's really good. But listen, think about that. I mean, he is an on time God. Sitting in this room this morning, God is timing is absolutely perfection. You're exactly where you need to be. God is on time every time. Hmm. Every single time. In fact, the let's see. Working miracles. So these are natural supernatural events, precise timing to bring glory to God. The mystery gift of miracles is the expression of prayer. Think about that. One function of the Holy Spirit is to direct our prayers. He wants us to direct our prayers. See, the truth is, we really don't know how we should pray. We really don't. In fact, Romans 8.26 kind of tells us that. 
It says here, in the, name, in the same way, the Spirit, capital S, also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. See, God's Spirit is everything for us. And even when we pray, and sometimes we don't even know what to pray for. But I think God loves it, the very, the very fact that we pray with the Lord. I think it really invites that God just loves that. You know, we meet here on Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. right here in this room. And we meet at noon right here in this room for prayer. For us, pray, I mean, pray is like, uh, take Bob, Brother Bob Ferry's words, praying should be as natural as what? Breathing. breathing. That's right. Natural is breathing, right? It's like following God's word should be as natural as living. Should be. You know, and we're working to get there, right? We're trying to be just like Christ. We're trying to be Christ followers. We're trying to walk in close step with proximity with Jesus Christ himself as he leads us and guides us in every step of the way. And number six, prophecy. Talk about prophecy a little bit. This is bringing to light secret motives of the heart in the manifestation of prophecy. This is what it does. It is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to convict of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment to come. And how does he do it? Through his word. John 16, 7 through 11 says, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage, disciples, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, who's the helper? Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit will not come to you. He said, but if I go, he says, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world of what? Concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. And concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because their ruler of this world has been judged. I say amen to that. The Holy Spirit will judge the world's sin of unbelief on the basis of what? Of his righteousness, not ours. His right standing, not ours. Listen, he, he, he puts on a cloak of right standing. I'm, if I'm separated from God, there is no right standing in me. If I have sin in my life, there's no right standing in me. He clothes me in his righteousness, which was the blood that was spilled on the cross for you and for me. I'm not perfect, but the perfect one has covered me. With his blood. And he reminds me often when I need to repent. And, and confess my sins to him every day. And I pray that you do the same thing as well. Number seven. Discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. Recognizing. Listen. What is of God versus the world. The flesh and the devil. To see that difference, to see that difference, to be able to discern what is right versus what is wrong, what is good, what is bad, what is God, what is the devil. To be able to discern that. We need to discern that. Discerning the spirits must be done by who? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. In fact, he bears witness with our spirit when something is or is not of God. You ever had that happen to you before? I was talking to my grandson when he was here a week or so ago. And we were talking about that, you know, and he talked about how he likes to go out with his buddies and stuff like that. And there was one time he didn't go with them because he didn't quite feel right about it, you know, so he didn't go. And he was glad that he didn't go, you know. I said, man, I said, grandson, I said, that's great. 
I said, you know who told you that? The Spirit of God in you told you that. You ever been that where you're going to go somewhere, you're going to go do something? And I always, I said, listen, always, I said, you're a believer. You know Jesus is your Savior. I said, listen, whenever you feel that awkwardness in your heart, in your mind, the Spirit is speaking to your heart to get you to say, deviate. <laughs> Don't go that direction. There's an awkwardness in that. You should not do that. You should not go that way. You should not accomplish that thing. <laughs> Amen, brother. That's true. And so when we feel that, I mean, come on, we walk throughout the day, and there's times where God will give us, it's just kind of an awkwardness. You might be talking with somebody. You might be ministering, trying to minister to somebody, or somebody might be trying to sell you something that you know you don't need to have, but there's an awkwardness in there. Listen closely to the Spirit of God in you. I think he tries to poke you a little bit and say, hey, I know he pokes me lots. You know, I hope he pokes you lots too. So it's important, right? He bears witness with our spirit when something is or is not of God. Number eight, various tongues. Various tongues. Glorifying God through language and music. Notice I say language and music. Then what's music in there? Music is a language all to itself. You know? Like if I get one of you to come up here and read that song that's on there. How many could do that? There's probably two or three of you in here that could do it, right? You could read that, you could read that sheet music on the piano, right? That's a language. It's a language all to itself. Music is wonderful language. Right kind of music is really wonderful music, right? It's like we sang earlier today. The Holy Spirit energizes the tongue to edify believers, right? Through language and music. Now I know some of you say, well, there that is, there, Brother Phil, the tongues that edify. It edifies you. Right, it does. When you do it in private, it edifies you. Nobody needs to know about that. It edifies you. And, and Paul gave a warning. He gave warnings for that. Number nine, interpretation of tongues. Look at this. Interpretation of tongues. The interpretation of tongues was a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. That was required when tongues were present in the church. He gives a specific order for tongues in the church. If tongues are in the church, somebody must be there to interpret that. I mean, look, and I would encourage you, go through verse by verse through 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and read that very carefully. You want a better understanding of tongues and what tongues is and what it is not? Read chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians and go through it and see if it does not speak to your heart. It will speak to your heart. Because, see, we said the gifts are for what? Edifying who? The whole body. Every believer. It's got to be in order. God is not the author. We read last week. God is not the author of what? Confusion, right? He is not the author of confusion. And it's just important for us to understand that this morning. Without interpretation of tongue speakers, we're to be silent in church. Paul wrote that. These are the manifestation gifts that I just named, all of them, all nine of them. Now I want you to look at verse 12 of uh, 1 Corinthians 12. For even as the body is one, and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, we heard this in Romans too, didn't we? Though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. I want, you to, I want us to hone in on this. For by one spirit we are all baptized, what? Into one body. You're baptized in the Holy Spirit when, church? At salvation. 
You're baptized. You are filled with the Spirit after that. Filling means that you yield to the Spirit and He gets more of you. You don't get more of the Spirit. Always remember that. When you're saved, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit of God. You get it all. Every bit of it. It's so important for us. For by one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we were all made to drink of what? One Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not part of the body, it is not for the reason any the less a part of the body. Listen. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, uh, where would the sense of smell be? But now, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? it? But now, God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it's much truer uh, that, that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we deem less honorable on these, we bestow more abundant honor. And our less presentable members become much more presentable. Whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked. In verse 25, so that there may be no division in the body. Does God want division in the body? No. But that the members may have the same care for one another. And in one member suffers, then all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. We're all one, church. We are one. In Christ, we're one. We're different pieces and different parts and different members within the body. We have different giftings. This is why I say that no man should be sitting on an island alone. There's no lone wolves in the kingdom of God. God is a God that is encouraging community, not isolationism. God wants us to be together. He wants us to operate together. He wants us. That's why we're the ecclesia, the gathering of the called out ones, the assembly of called out ones. This is why we come together so that all the different spiritual gifts come together in one body to what? To reach people for the kingdom of God and to grow the kingdom of God. And I want to encourage you in that. I can't encourage you in that. Listen, if Hills Church is going to grow beyond where it is, the only way it's going to grow is when we come together and we reach people for the kingdom of God. There's no other way. That's why God left us here. That's why he told the rich man and Lazarus, right? <laughs> when the rich man was in hell saying, you know, go back to earth and tell somebody, tell my family members so they won't come in this torment with me. And what did, they, what did he say? What did Lazarus say? He said, well, if they won't hear the preacher, they're not, they're not even going to hear if, even if a man was raised from the dead. And do we not see that today? We know there's a man that was raised from the dead. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, full of glory, full of power. And he turns and he takes that power. We talked about last night with the space shuttle, man. Seven million pounds of power to thrust four million pounds into orbit. We talked about that, but man, you got a greater power in you than the thrust of what's in a space show. And sometimes we don't see it that way. You've got great power with inside who you are as a believer. Jesus is awesome power. And we need to tap into that power. 
We'll overcome sickness. We'll overcome death. We'll overcome hell. We'll overcome the grave. Why? Because of Jesus. He's the overcomer. And he makes us overcomers too. We need to be. We're overcome. There are several scriptures. These scriptures here, these several scriptures are dealing with diversity and unity. That's what he's talking about here. There's unity and diversity. And right now we see in our country there's a lot of division going on. We're not coming together. Don't realize that we're part of the same team as Americans. We all have different functions. We all have different gifts. We're all unique. We're all made in the image of God. We are a part of mankind, the human race, one race. And sometimes we, need, we forget that. We've allowed men to lay, put labels on different peoples and different people groups. And we need to stop doing that. We're the human race. That's who we are. We're made in the image of our Father God. We're not separate. We're one in Christ. We need to be one in Christ. We are all different parts or members of the one body where Jesus is the head. We are one body. Never underestimate the power in the body of Christ. Listen, remember this. Christ died for who? Did he die for a black race? Did he die for a white race only? Did he die for an Asian race? And after, did he? No, who did he die? Listen, and I've said it before, at the foot of that cross, the ground was level. For all mankind made the image of God. We're all. I don't care what color we are. We're all made in the image of Christ. And I love that. You know why? I love the diversity of that. You know why I love that? Because, you know, God, God is a very colorful God. I mean, think about that. He is great. I mean, think about the, I mean, what if everything looked like me? <laughs> I know, right? That would be awful, would it? Would that not be awful? It would be, it would be awful. And so, but, you know, I think it'd be pretty good. But, I don't know. <laughs> but it would be awful. But think about this, man. Listen, God has, man, has just, has just made a beautiful world. Not every tree is just alike. Not every bird is exactly alike. Not every snowflake is alike. Right? We're all different. We're all unique. We're made in His image. Man, we need to celebrate that. We need to come together. We have different gifts. God has gifted you with gifts to use, to be manifested in and through your life. And you need to look into these manifestation gifts and just see which one operates the most uh, predominantly in your life as you're doing different things. Take an evaluation of that in and of yourself. See how God is using you to reach somebody else. See where you're most effective. See where your strengths are. A lot of people say, there's a lot of people that say in leadership that you, that you work on your, there's people I, I've talked to, they say, no, you work, on your, you work on your weaknesses and make them stronger. Man, the leadership principle is not that at all. Leadership says you work on your what? Your strengths. Work on your strengths the way God has designed you and made you to be. Work on your strength and let God take that and do a wonderful work in and through your life. In Galatians 3.28, I love this. He says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. I don't care what it is you may do. You're not insignificant. Listen. We need to glory in the fact that people can do things that might seem lesser, but it benefits the whole. It benefits the whole. Listen, there's a person that could be in here and can change the light bulb and is thinking light, and what does it benefit just him? It benefits all of us, so we can see each other, right? You might want the lights out. No? 
I don't know. But I just praise the Lord. I just want you to think about your life. You're uniquely designed by God to serve Him. I had a lot more. I'm going to stop right here. I know y'all laugh, Chuck. Okay, I'm going to go on. <laughs> no, I'm going to stop here. Because you know what? This is important. We have an opportunity as a church family to reach Beverly Hills and see a change take place. Amen. The only way it's going to take place is when we come together with all of our giftedness and put our whole effort in to doing the things that God is leading us to do here. The Light of Nativity is one of them. And it's something that we haven't been able to be together for so long. we got people online. I appreciate them online. They're there. And I thank the Lord for the capability to be able to do that. I mean, think about when this thing first hit out and every church was shut down, pretty much. I mean, think about it. If we had not had that capability right there, I guess it probably would have made you all would have sat at home and read your Bibles more or whatever. I don't know. You know? But I, I appreciate the fact that we were able to come into your home and bring some Bible study, bring some sermons. You know, it was a great thing. But God designed for the church, and listen, make no misunderstanding of this, it's for us to be together. You know, we see in California how these guys are not allowed to meet together. And our rights tell us we can. Not only that, listen, God calls us to be together. The ecclesia, we are the same. We're more powerful together than we are separate. And I want you to never forget that. Amen? Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, Lord, I don't know who here is saved and who isn't saved. I can't assume everybody in here knows Jesus as their Savior. But Lord, it is my prayer this morning, God, that you would just, if you've already been doing a work in this person's heart, whoever it might be, that they just need to come clean and say, you know what? Brother Phil's talking some truth here and it's squeezing my heartstrings and I need I need to be saved. I know I need to be saved this morning. If that's you, listen, don't make it harder than what it is. Jesus didn't make it complicated. He made it simple. He said, to believe on me, believe on me, believe on what? Believe on my death, believe on my burial, believe on my resurrection, believe on my blood for the forgiveness of all my sins. Listen, do you believe Jesus died for your sins this morning? Do you believe he was buried? Do you believe he rose from the dead just for you? Do you believe that this morning? Have you asked him to come in and forgive you of all your sins? I invite you right now to do that. Right where you're sitting. Listen, this preacher can't pray you into heaven. I can help assist you in a prayer to pray, to receive Christ as Savior, but I can't pray you into heaven. No man can. You need to talk to God the way you, you would talk to anybody else. Talk to them, realize you're talking to God. God who can destroy the body and the soul. But he loved you enough to send his son Jesus to die for you and for me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a, sin I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, I need a Savior. Lord Jesus, I ask you with all that I have, my heart, my mind, my soul, everything to come into my heart and to rescue me from myself and my sin, Jesus. I know I've sinned against you, John God. And my life shows it. And I want to turn around and do the right thing. So, Lord, I repent of my sin. I turn around from my sin. That's what that word means, to turn around. Do a 180 and chase after you, God, with all their heart. 
and stop doing the things that I know are not pleasing to you, God, that are sin. It's called sin. And that I would chase after you, Lord, with all my heart. I love you, Father. I thank you for saving me this morning. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for coming into my heart and saving me this morning. Lord, I thank you for my Christian brothers and sisters here. Lord, none of us here are perfect. We never get it all right all the time. Although we might try. This old pastor don't get it right all the time. I fail miserably at times, even as a pastor. But I pray, Lord Jesus, I know that, that you have forgiveness there. And I know, God, that you're always there for me. And I, if you're there for me, I know you're there for all of our people here. God, forgive us where we fail you and fall short of your glory, God. And sin against you. Come into our hearts, God. Help us, Lord, to not be lazy sitting back in a pew and just taking the word and then come next week and do the same thing and never search out what our gift might be that, God, you've gifted us, Lord, so that we would use it, Lord, to bring people into your kingdom. And I pray right now for my brothers and sisters in this room, Lord, that there is something that they would take a serious evaluation of themselves and say, you know what, I'm not really doing anything for the kingdom. What am I doing for you, Lord? Just ask that question. God will definitely show it to you. I'm positive. And Lord, and he will provide opportunity for you to excel, to find your gift and to excel in your gift. Father, I thank you for our time together this morning. It's my prayer, God, you go with us, Lord. As we're sensitive to the gifts of God that you are revealing to us, help us to walk in your will and your way. Until we meet again, we give you praise for it all. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Now listen, if you made a decision for Christ this morning, I'm going to kind of hang out right here for a moment. Come on up and talk to me about it. And, uh, and uh, other than that, I want everybody else to have a great week. Amen. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Isn't that good? Let's give it up for the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. You are dismissed. Thank you so, so much.